Um, hey, welcome, welcome. If you don't um, already have your Bible open, which I don't quite know why you would, go ahead and open up to, um, let's go to Luke 15, all right? Luke 15, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, kind of near the back of your Bible in what's called the Gospels, which is um, just a Bible way of saying the good news, good news of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's about to do. Um, so, um, but yeah, why don't we pray and then we'll get into it. We're going to get to Luke 15 a little later, um, but I just wanted you to be able to have your Bible open considering we're doing a Bible study, all right? Um, if you are not easily distracted, you can pray with your eyes open. That's totally fine. Um, God's presence doesn't come and go when our eyes are open or if we're in a quiet space. Um, he's here with us now. He was here with us on the way. Um, maybe here if the kids are screaming in the car or if you're ar arguing with your spouse or whatever, God um, is 100% all the time everywhere. And so um, that translates over to prayer. Um, but for me and for a lot of us, we are easily distracted people and so we close our eyes as a practice. Um, another practice that we often do when we pray uh, is sometimes, you know, as kids, we're taught to fold our hands. Um, and one of the reasons, at least for kids, you know, in the classrooms um, is so that they're not playing with the, the rice checks while, you know, they're trying to pray. But, um, but that practice is actually an ancient practice to say, uh, take what is chaotic and bring it together into unity. And that's what the Father does. Um, and so it's actually this beautiful practice. And so... Um, I'm going to ask us, which is totally not our normal tradition, but I'm going to ask us to fold our hands as we pray with that in mind. Uh, not because uh, God gives us like points or whatever, but just to remember that whatever is chaotic right now, God's desire, hope, and heart, and what he's doing and wants to do is to bring those things back into realignment with uh, who he is and what he wants. And so we're just going to agree with him, and we're going to talk, we're going to listen, and uh, I'm even going to be still for just a minute if uh, you're one of our young people that I get to work with. You already know that often when we pray, we are still and quiet before we just go into talking. And um, that's often how a good conversation starts is by listening, right? And so otherwise, it's just an, an egotistical download of what's going on. And um, that can be good sometimes. It, it can be really good to empty, but sometimes it's just good to listen. So um, Holy Spirit, here we are. I would just ask that before we um, begin... Um, that now as we just sit and are quiet for a minute, um, would you speak to us um, in ways we can understand about the things that we need to know? Thank you that every person that's in here uh, that can hear my voice or later on listening to the podcast or is, um, is loved by you, is completely um, accepted by you, and it's that kindness that turns us uh, towards repentance. And so we just say, here's our life. Uh, whatever is out of alignment today, would you teach us how to rest and reorient um, our lives so that you can bring about um, a resurrection of things that are dead or broken um, so that we can honor and enjoy you in every way we're created to. In Jesus' name, everyone said, all right. Um, as we were praying, uh, take it or leave it, I just felt like the Spirit was saying um, that even those few seconds of just stillness and quiet, um, for, for someone in here or some of you in here, was the first stillness or quiet moment that you've actually had uh, in a while. And it actually felt restful. Um, and 
Um, and I think for, for those of you, I was feeling like the Spirit was saying, this is who I want to be for you in this next season. I want you to get away with me and just do this and just be still. So um, if that makes sense or sticks out to you, wonderful. If not, um, here we go. So my wife and I just got back. Uh, I don't know if I introduced myself, by the way. Did I? Okay, my name's Nate. I'm one of the pastors here. Okay, done. Um, uh, yeah, my wife and I just got back from uh, Hawaii last night. We took our little boy. We try and go over once a year to this little town. We have had friends live over there in the past. Um, but it's called Kailua. It's on Oahu. And um, any guesses on what was most fascinating to our 11-month-old uh, son? Any, any guesses? You can just... Sand. Sand? No. Thank goodness. Water? Uh, no. He, he, I mean, he loved the sand. He loved the water. Birds? You're getting closer. Well, you're actually right on it. It was the chickens. There's like, there's wild chickens when you're in rural Hawaii. They just, you know, you go to the grocery store. There's chickens um, and roosters and you go to the beach and there's chickens. So he just loved the chickens. I mean, we spent all these like credit card points to go over there. We could have just taken to like a farm or something. But he like focused on the chickens the entire time. Um, but I, I say that to say this, we got back at about midnight and got in bed about one, so um, I, if I mumble or uh, that type of thing, it's just because I'm tired. So I love you. Here we go. Um, here's the plan. We're going to do a little bit of a review for what, uh, I should probably start a timer too, huh? Is Brandon in here? No. Brandon, what time should we go till? Okay. <sighs> what time? This is a 9 a.m. gathering. 10? 10. 10? Is that good? Okay, 10. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to do a bit of a review for where Jose has been taking us in this series. Um, I'm going to raise one final question as we wrap up this series. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple easy traps to fall in in our relationship with God. And then I'm going to give you three words. The first two words are going to be rest and reorientation. I'll give you the third one when we get there. So here we go. Um, Jose has been walking us through the transformation that happens as we accept the kindness of God through Jesus and who he, he's been and who he wants to be for us. Um, Here's a couple of the things he's been walking us through in this series, and they'll be up on the screen. The first one is that we're no longer enemies of God. Or in the message translation, um, a paraphrase, it actually says that we're no longer at odds with God. You've been in a relationship where there's tension. That tension, because of Jesus and our response to who Jesus is for us, it removes that tension. Regardless of your ongoing sin moving forward, there's going to be conviction, but the absolute deepest, truest thing is that that tension has been removed. And so that's one of the things we've talked about. Um, we're, at friends, we're friends and we're at peace with God. Another thing that Jose has been talking about is that the Holy Spirit's been given to us. And the Holy Spirit, as he uh, talked about, was he's, the Holy Spirit's not a, a force or a power, but it's God's presence with us. Um, anyone know what Emmanuel stands for or what, what Emmanuel means? Yeah, God with us. We often talk about that at Christmas because God came to us in the person of Jesus, Emmanuel. Well, now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father sitting, not worried, but sitting, knowing everything that is about to happen um, and, and he's totally in control and capable, even though there's a mess happening. Our time doesn't make sense in, in, in our minds, but he knows what's going to happen. He's got it taken care of. We can put our hope in him. Um, but that said, 
God hasn't left us, but the Holy Spirit is here. God's presence with us now is the Holy Spirit, and uh, he's our comforter and our teacher. He reminds us of the things that God uh, wants us to know. Another thing Jose was talking about is the work of the Holy Spirit both in us, in our lives as individuals, and then through us, and uh, to our neighbors, and to the people we work with, to our kids, and to our spouse, all that, friends. And so those are kind of the three main things uh, that he's been going over, the big ideas. Um, And then he gave us a challenge. And I'm curious how many of you, without raising your hands, so I guess I don't get any feedback, but I'm curious how many of you um, have have been like honoring to this challenge or actually taken it. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in ways we can understand. The scriptures teach us the tone of God's voice so that we can hear God's voice out and about in everyday moments. So be in the scriptures because what happens is we learn God's words, we learn how he speaks, what types of things he speaks, and then that way as we're out and about and hearing all these different things, thoughts are flooding our mind, we can allow certain ones to pass knowing, yeah, okay, that was the hamburger I ate or whatever, but then, oh wait, no, that's the spirit and he actually wants me to go talk to this person or he wants me to stop for just a moment and pray for this person. And so I just, I just encourage you to continue in this process of being open to the Holy Spirit. And as you do, um, I, so that you don't feel alone, you're, you're obviously not alone in this room, um, share those moments, whether they feel like fails or um, they feel like successes or whatever, um, based on your own projection of what, how you think it went, but share those with the people that you do life with. Because ultimately, when we're in something alone, it will fizzle out. There's only a very few people who can go to a gym and work out and stick to programming, right? That's why, like, um, all these programmatic CrossFit gyms and Zumba, is Zumba still around? Um, Orange Theory, there's all these types of workout programs where there's a coach and a group and they keep you going. Ultimately, Jesus has set up the church for a similar reason so that we would keep going. And so um, I just want to kind of push you, encourage you, to be speaking about those things with the people you do life with. So that's kind of a recap, a review. Um, and so it raises a question as we tie up this series. What does it look like to actually live this new way? Those are all like big theological ideas. Theological meaning the study of God. They're, they're in some ways, they're ethereal. They're, they're not tangible. So tangibly... That's all great, but tangibly, what does it mean? Here's a couple ways to put it. What does it look like to live this new way? What changes in our thinking and our actions? What actually changes? I mean, is it just like, you know, as we kind of say, we just say a prayer and we're saved and we just go on with life until we die or whatever? Like, I don't think that's it. I think the scriptures teach that this new life actually begins eternal life now and we actually are already becoming the person that God's created us to be fully. And so there needs to be some change. So we're going to talk about that. Another way to put it is how do we go about life differently than we did before we came under the kingship of Jesus? We talk a lot about God for us and God with us and God in us. But we often escape the one that's the hardest, I think, because those all feel good, and that's God over us, yeah? Because ultimately, he is our friend, he is our comforter, um, but he is also God, and we're under him. And if you've been in any sort of military or um, you had a, you know, a boss that you just really respected, that you just knew you came under that leadership, um, that you wouldn't step that line, 
That's just a taste of what it's like. I mean, God is the perfect father, and he's saying, come under and follow me. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, we can be intimate and close, and I want to disclose everything to you, but I also need you to listen to me and obey when it's time to listen and obey. And so what does it look like to do all this? Um, Well, for one, God knows it's a process. God knows that it, uh, we're just not quite where we need to be, and that sometimes it's a bit harder than other times to learn. Uh, on this Hawaii trip, um, my son did something amazing. He learned how to drink out of a straw. Yes. Um, so no more sippy cups for him. Well, kind, yeah, we would probably keep it around. But he, he's, he was doing this thing. You parents or nannies would probably know this. He would suck the water out. He figured that out for like a couple weeks. Um, but then it would just like come out. Like he wouldn't, he would, it would go in, but it wouldn't, he wouldn't swallow it. So it would just come out. And it was kind of hilarious because at first Hillary and I were like, maybe he's not ready. And then we're like, we should just let him do this. And so like at dinner time, he sits in his little high chair, we're eating and we just kept giving him like a cup with a straw in it. And he would go through like an entire cup of water and just be soaked, right? Um, <laughs> So he, he just, he, he like, he was figuring it out process by process, but what he didn't quite grasp yet because he needed some practice was um, for us to kind of help him and show him. So we would take a straw ourselves and we'd put the water in our mouth and, you know, kind of gargle it so he knows it's there and then swallow it. And just, he would watch that over and over. And ultimately what happened is on this trip, it was amazing. He started drinking and nothing else came out until we gave him um, some oat milk, which is like the trendy new milk um, um, and really expensive. And But we gave him some oat milk and that just kept coming out. But we got the water part down. So all that to say, the process of learning to live the way that we're created to, it, it takes time. God knows this. Um, two of the images that Jesus gives us of what we're like are children and sheep. Children and sheep are both uh, simple enough, but they need to be led and taught. Yeah? So he recognizes that we need to be led and we need to be taught. And um, so the question then is, how do we do all this? Like, how does he, he lead us and teach us? Um, well, let's, let's look at a couple uh, ways that we can go about this life of faith. Let's look at a couple different forms um, of how to do this life in Jesus. The first one um, we're going to look at is um, a, a phrase that's been coined by someone that some of you have, might have read before, but it's, his name is Dallas Willard, and uh, he's passed away now, but he was an incredible writer and author and speaker, and he called this first one the gospel um, of sin management. Some of you may have heard this. Um, it's, a, it's a fairly familiar term within the, the church now, which is pretty neat because it's a really handy term to use. But what he meant by the gospel of sin management is, okay, I'm, f- I'm following God. I know he says I want you to live this way, ABC or whatever. So I'm going to do my best. Okay, and so you go out into life and you're like, oh, oops, I just messed up. Okay, but that's okay because for two hours I didn't mess up. So I think I can kind of rearrange. I think I'm still pretty good. And we just like kind of rearrange our sin. We do a lot of, um, you know, comparing, looking at other people. Yeah, I messed up here, but they messed up like there. And so like, yeah, I think that'll probably work out. And we're like balancing the checkbook of sin in our life. For one, that sounds like a terrible way to live, um, especially if you're type A. You're just going to constantly be thinking about it. But that is one way to do life. And it's one trap. It's one way that we can all fall into. Comparison, just managing our sin. Let's look at another one, though. The second one is what I'll just call the grit your teeth and follow the rules way. 
all right? Grit your teeth and follow your, the rules. Um, for a lot of us, uh, this is something that we do because of how we were raised. Um, mom, dad, or whoever uh, just taught us that you do what I say to do or you get disciplined. And so you, as a, maybe as a child, just learned, I better do the right thing, otherwise I'm going to pay for it. And all of a sudden, that framework of relationships been ad- adopted into how you interact with God. And so now you live this um, Jesus lifestyle, but you, you're really doing it out of more of like a, an unhealthy fear. We need to fear God, but an unhealthy fear where you're just like, I'm going to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, that can quickly turn into just um, like a a moralism. Um, And the difference between that grit your teeth, oh, yeah, I'm doing all the right things, and actually a discipleship or a following and walking in step with Jesus, um, the difference, I think, is that discipleship asks questions. Disciples ask questions. And uh, grit your teeth is kind of just more of a self-focused thing. Um, the third one, and the alternative, is, is going to be actively participating with God in your everyday moments. Now, I know this is, this is pretty vague. We're going to drill down to some specifics. But it's an always happening back and forth kind of relationship. So just like at the beginning, God 100% on the way here, when you're arguing, when you're at the store, that type of framework is what we see in the scripture. God's an always type of God. And so the relationship that he calls us into and obedience of living a certain way fits within that type of thinking, this always back and forth. So uh, what does it look like practically? Well, Paul gave a couple examples, right? Let's look at um, one example in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 5, we'll put it up on the screen. If you want to turn there, you're welcome to, but I'm just going to read it. And you've got a big electronic Bible up here for you. Um, Ephesians 5, Paul says, uh, but among you there should be not even a hint of sexual immorality. Sound familiar? Pretty common verse. Uh, Or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, uh, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So there's a specific Fine. Let's look at another specific. Um, Philippians chapter 2. This time he's not writing to the church in Ephesus, but he's writing to the church in Philippi. He says uh, in Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition, another kind of familiar one, or vain conceit, rather in humility come under or value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So there's a couple specifics, um, but... uh, there's another specific, too, as far as how we can live this life. Any guesses? It kind of comes in like the second book of the Bible. Yeah, rules, the ten, ten words. Yeah, we did a series a while ago, um, a Ten Commandments, but originally called the Ten Words. Here's another example. I just pulled a couple from the Ten Commandments. Oh, we could look at this. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. So Paul writes some specifics to the church in Ephesus, to the church in Philippi. I mean, really, all the letters in the New Testament, he's writing specific, this is how you follow Jesus, the new way that you've been adopted into, here's how to live. He's writing specifics, but those are all specifics. And those may not, in this moment, be something that's applicable to you. 
Like they, they might be, well, I sure hope the first one is, but um, they may not be completely applicable. Like the do not murder thing, okay, now we could do a whole exegesis and how it comes from the heart. And so really we're all there in that place of not being angry with people. But just on surface level, do not murder, like, okay, I th- think we're, we're pretty like, comfortable with that one, right? For most part. Um, so the question then is, uh, if it's not just like a bunch of rules, because in the Old Testament, they had the 10 words, the 10 commandments, and then they had like 630-ish extra rules to follow. And that whole system, Jesus said, could be summed up in one line, and that was love God and love people. So partially, that's helpful. Also, partially, Jesus, not helpful, because like, give me some specifics, right? Like, we're list people. We have iPhones, um, and in the Notes app, you can now, uh, oh, this is actually, okay, I won't go there. Um, Uh, It's pretty cool, though. In the settings in the Note app, you can go to the Notes, and you can choose if you have a list that you tick off. Now when you tick off one, it goes to the bottom. I think that's so fun. Um, But anyway, we're list people. We like rules. But unfortunately, the way that God set up life is there are rules in certain moments, but really it's it's a relationship, and and you guys know this. So um, Jesus gave us the direction rather than a lot of specifics. Coming home last night on the airplane, I had a new experience with our son, Ezra. Um, he'd be, I couldn't tell if it was like the food tray carts that were coming through or if it was Ezra. It was definitely Ezra. Um, that didn't click with anyone. Like he was, he, he went to the bathroom really bad. You know, like in a plane, sometimes you can't quite tell if it's like the food coming out of the oven thing or whatever. Anyway, it was Ezra. So I smelled him. It was him. So we went to the restroom. Um, and he had a onesie on that ended up in the trash can because he would, I mean, shoulders to legs. Um, in an airplane, in a, you know, the small space thing, um, it was an interesting. The mirror, he was just staring at himself laughing in the mirror as I was trying to change him. So um, all that said, there's no, this does apply, there's no rule on how to do, to, to do that process. Like, there is no like sheet of paper that says, um, open the plane door and pull down the thing and unbutton here. And then like, that just, it was everywhere. And so, um, so what did I know? I knew the direction. I, ne- I knew I needed to get him clean. And I knew that this piece of clothing was not coming home with us. And I, I knew a couple things, but ultimately I just knew the direction, right? I didn't know the specifics. And And so um, I think in some ways, um, Jesus gives us the direction to head in this new way of living. Love God and love people. But we're craving for these ordered rules. And there's moments where the Lord speaks through people in the scriptures about certain rules. Don't do the sexual immorality thing. Be faithful because I'm faithful. Don't murder people because I'm the one that holds people together. Don't go against my nature. He's telling us specifics, but at the, at the same time, there's an overarching just love God and love people. Um, and so here's what I'm going to end with. I'm going to give you three words. And these three words um, will be in my best um, attempt. This whole last week over in Hawaii, I've been wrestling with... Um, kind of how to outline this talk with you, because I didn't want to just go to like, I don't know, how do you live this new life? Well, don't sleep around. Don't say this. Don't, you know, like that doesn't, I don't think that hits the heart of what God's after for us. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to just go and say, love God, love people, have a good day, because you need something to chew on. And 
So one of the times when I was putting notes together, um, I just felt like for me the Spirit was saying, um, Nate, I'm going to... I'm going to give you three words, and I want you to kind of just share these three words. And um, these are things that you guys can take with you today. It's, it's totally, in, I hope, um, but it's totally in line with the scriptures, in, with, in line with the heart of God, but it can offer some frame to your life so you don't just feel like you're floating. Um, so, so here it is. Um, the three words are rest and reorientation, which I already said, and resurrection. There's going to be, uh, there is a deal up on the screen. If you want to draw this or whatever, feel free. Um, but notice it's, it's a circle. It's a secular deal. It, it just keeps going. Um, we're going to just briefly touch on each of these three. And I want you to just kind of watch and think how they fit into your world as a Jesus follower. Um, but let's go ahead and start with rest. I really want you to to leave this space today um, with a little less burden on you for following Jesus that's unnecessary. So there may be some unnecessary, like I have to follow certain rules that are good, but if you do them with the wrong heart, if you, if you do them in the, um, just out of the grit your teeth or just doing it out of... Um, because you, it's the one kind of bad thing you do, so it's probably okay. I want to free you up from those, because I think that's what Jesus does. He's constantly freeing us up. So the first one, uh, rest. This is where we start each day. What I mean by rest is not sleep um, physically, um, but it's actually resting in the deepest reality and truth of who God is for you. And that's ultimately what gives us uh, the peace that passes understanding. It's, it's really the only thing, it's an experiential thing. I can't use words to try and translate it into your life or you can't do it to me. We can talk about it, we can search for words, but at the end of the day, it's, it's you have to grasp that God is a good God, that in the beginning of this whole story, that the first two characteristics we see of God are blessing, be fruitful and multiply, and um, giving. Here's the garden, go cultivate, here's some work, do family, do life, do art. He's saying do, do stuff. The first two characteristics that we see in the scripture of who God is, is he gives blessing and he gives, uh, he's, he's a giver. That's a really good God. And then we fast forward all through the Old Testament and God constantly is just saying, people, 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 please remember that I'm good. And people continue to turn their backs and they continue to do things that are wrong and off. And then eventually Jesus comes and says, okay, now I'm here in the person of Jesus. I'm gonna show you what it looks like to live in alignment with me. And he goes to the cross and he suffers, he dies, he resurrects. And then he says, now follow me. And this is exactly what we're talking about but the rest is, is, is recognizing that he loves us not because of what we do or we don't do, but simply because he loves us. And so it, what it does is it puts the focus on God. So for you and for me, it looks like remembering who God is. We have, um, we have that prayer training Kelly was talking about. Um, I think there's a slide for this, but um, I'll be teaching this one tomorrow night. And my favorite format, like, I'm not a big fan of standing up on Sunday. Like, I'm not going to entertain you. I just, it's not my thing. Um, not to say like other people do, but my favorite is sitting in a room and, and having a discussion and a dialogue. And that's exactly what this prayer training is. Um, a handful of you have already done it. We've done it twice now, so we're going to change it up a little bit. But it's not just like learning how to pray for people. That is going to be a big part of it. But 
mainly part one is drilling into us who God is and who we are. And I think you'll leave session one just like, oh, like, oh, okay, I can do this God life thing. This is, I, this is good. Like, it's not just following these rules. So I would love, if you want to show up, um, I would love to have you there. Um, we'll have some coffee and stuff. Um, but you can register at the events. It's totally free, events uh, slash events. And so it's tomorrow night and then the next Monday. This is going to build exactly what I'm saying on this idea of rest. If you have um, a blurry picture of who God is, please come. If you feel really insecure in your life, please come. Um, if you would like to grow in just being able to like operate in your faith outside of yourself, like maybe you read the Bible, maybe you come to the gatherings, but you don't really talk to other people about, come. There's all these reasons, but this is gonna be a fun place to go deeper on this rest part. So we begin in rest, but um, I don't know about you, but we have a lot of us, me included, um, me first actually, have trouble staying in that place. Uh, Luke 15, you guys got it? And so um, we move from rest to what I might call a reorientation. Now look down uh, and find verse 11 and just keep that open for a second. Reorientation, um, most of us use a phone, we do directions, uh, we take a wrong turn and all of a sudden, what does it say? It makes some beeping sound and it says like rerouting or whatever, right? And it gives you like the U-turn and that's, that's, that's what happens. Like, we know the direction that we're headed. And then all of a sudden, we just, we're just dumb. And we take this wrong turn, and we think that our way is better than God's way, or we let our desire just get the best of us. And all of a sudden, but what's, what's fascinating is we move from this, this place of rest, oh my gosh, God, you're amazing. Okay, I can do this, to, hmm, okay, I'll do this. And then realizing, oh, what am I doing? Reorientation is, or you could also use the word uh, repentance, is it's the turning around. So repentance just means to turn and face God again. It means you turned your back. You're, it's the moment of, oh, what am I doing? Turning around, facing God. We're reorienting. And what's fascinating in the life of Jesus, following Jesus, it's not like if God's over there, it's not like I'm following Jesus, I'm following Jesus. Oh, I messed up. And then you're like farther away and you have to like work back and, and all that. All it is, is I messed up, I came back. The distance never changes, but our agreement and disagreement does change. And so um, let's look exactly um, at this story. This is exactly what happened. Now, I'm going to read this pretty quickly. Most of you um, will be fairly familiar with this story. If you're not, this is a really fun one to read. Uh, later on. Jesus continued, so he's talking. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me my savings account. So the dad divided his property between him and his, his sons. Not long after that, the younger son got together, packed his bags, head off for a distant country, and he squandered all of his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything there, there was a famine. Skip down uh, to verse 17. When he came to his senses... Uh, he had spent all of his money. He, he was hungry. When he came to his senses, he said, man, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? What does that say about the father? He recognized, when he left home, he thought he could do better than his father, right? I can do better than just what my, my dad's giving me. He leaves. He comes to his senses. Oh, what am I doing? And he recognizes, wait, my dad took care of even the people that worked for him. What am I doing? What's happening? He's remembering his dad's character. 
So he, uh, he said, but I'm starving to death. So verse 18, I'm going to set out, go back to my father. That's the repentance, turning around, and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was a long way off, his father saw him, another character piece. The dad is continually you guys have heard this, but he's continually seeking. He's continually looking for his son. He's not over his son. So his dad saw him, filled with compassion, ran to him, threw his arms around and kissed him. Verse 21, the, the son said to him, and here he goes, unloads his speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, this is one of the best words in this whole story. Um, underline the word uh, or the words, but the father, but the father. Notice the boy's speech just a few verses earlier, was a bit longer. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. But all he can get out of his mouth is, I have sinned against heaven and in you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then the father interrupts him. But the father said to his servants. The father's not interested in all of the excuses the son has. He's just pumped his back. And no matter what you're doing in your life, uh, right now, the Father's not interested in you waiting to get your speech together so that you can come back to your Heavenly Father. He's just pumped that you want to come back. So come back, okay? And return to the place of rest. I guess the arrow could go the other way too, but we're going to talk about resurrection quickly. We rest, we reorient, and the story continues. You can read it later, but the big idea I think we got there. Ultimately, our eyes are set on Jesus, um, but sometimes we need to reorient. And the son did the same thing. How do we know what the Heavenly Father is like? We read the scriptures. And uh, there's a lot more here I want to say, but I'm, I'm pretty close to my time, so I'm going to skip a little bit more. Um, a question for us, where do I need to re reorient or repent today? Big picture, rest, reorient, down to the ground, where in my world have I forgot the character of the Father and turned around? Um, let's do, uh, this slide's pretty good, uh, or this quote's pretty good. This is by, um, I, I, I like reading Eugene Peterson on vacation. He's my vacation author, and so I have a couple quotes by him today. So um, he says this, whenever we say no to one way of life that we have long been used to, there is pain. But when the way of life is, in fact, death, a way of war, the quicker we leave it, the better. What happens is when we disobey the Father and we do what we want that's not helpful, it's actually a way of death. And so we need to leave that way quicker for our sake, not just because God's telling us, but also for our sake. He says that becoming the man or woman that you want to be doesn't just happen. It's a process, um, and it's um, something that you guys can continue in today. Um, a little practice. Uh, if you have a pen, pull it out. If you have your iPhone, pull it out. Um, if not, just use your brain. Here's a sen uh, sentence. I want you to finish this with one word, um, potentially. Slide 20. There it is. I long to be a man or a woman of, and I want you to put in a characteristic, or what do you call it, character trace. It might be honesty. It might be integrity. Um, it might, let's see, what other things did I write down? It might be uh, gentleness, joy, some of the fruits of the Spirit. I want to be a man or woman of peace, of patience, kindness, forgiveness. I want to be a man or woman of self-control. What is it that you wouldn't maybe admit to someone, but you want to be that type? You want to be remembered of, as that type of person. 
and I know for me, um, there, was a, there was a word for me that came to my mind, and, and so it begged the question, well, then why am I not there yet? Like, you know the direction, Nate, but why are you not there yet? So I asked myself why, and, um, and I asked the Lord why, and I felt like he was just saying, well, it's because of this, this, and this, and so what needs to happen? Oh, that's right, reorientation in my life. So who is it that you want to be, this person that God's put a desire for you to be in your life, um, and where do you need to reorient to become that person? Part of the way of following Jesus is this constant reorientation. Um, and so... That leads us to our last one, resurrection. Some of you may have tried to be that person of integrity, tried to be that person of um, gentleness, that you, but you just keep blowing it. And so really, another way of saying that is you don't have hope in that area anymore. And what resurrection is, is it's coming back from the dead. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's hope in the midst of death, but it's also, it's letting what is needs to die, die so that new life can come. All things that Jesus is and does for us and in our life. And so some of us just need hope. So we start in this place of rest. Oh man, God, you're amazing. We find ourselves in these moments of like, what am I doing? And so we have to reorient back to fix our eyes on Jesus. And then in that moment, we grab onto the hope, the resurrection that God, that nothing is too dead or too far or too broken for God to actually restore and fix. And that's a pretty fantastic life cycle, if you ask me. This is just one way to frame it, but this is how this life of Jesus, this new life, can work. That we move from rest into um, re reorientation, into resurrection. Skipping. Just so I can honor your time, huh? I do want to show you one quote that I think I skipped, and then, uh, and then we're going to worship. So if, if the band wants to come up, that's great. Um, but there was a really fun one. Oh, here we go. All right, girls in the back on the computer, can you do slide 16? This goes back to our Luke thing. It was when. It was when he remembered. It was uh, the son. I said this, but I... I this is coming back to my mind, and I just want to re-bring it up. It was when that boy remembered the kindness of his father. Man, my dad's taking care of these people that work for him. How much more is he going to take care of me? That he reoriented his life. If during this time the Spirit's brought something up in your life that needs to be reoriented, that's maybe where you fall in this cycle, and it's going to continue, but where it fall, please recognize that God's in a good mood, that he's not angry in the same way that maybe the father or whoever you grew up with is going to be angry that you're in a certain way, but he actually is inviting you to repent and then to hope into resurrection and then to rest again and to just know that he cares for you. I'm going to just read a quick uh, benediction, uh, which is just a fancy way of saying a blessing over us um, in, in light of these three things for rest and reorientation and um, resurrection as one framework of how uh, practically we can follow Jesus in our everyday moments. Um, so here it is. So this week, may you rest in the fact that in the words of this guy, Graham Cook, may you rest in the fact that God loves you because he loves you because he loves you because that's who he is. And may you choose to reorient again and again and again in moments when you refuse God's way. 
And may you experience the hope of resurrection in all things as you work and you parent and you eat and you exercise and you breathe. We're going to sing um, a couple songs, uh, whatever you need to do, conversation with the Lord, conversation with someone. Uh, if you need to go make a phone call, go make the phone call. If you need to worship um, physically on your knees, then be on your knees. If you need to sit, then sit. You don't all have to stand. Uh, some of us stand, some of us lift our hands. It just it, They're all postures. Forget about what people can think in here and just worship the, the kindness of who God is, all right?